0: Warning, the following podcast show that you're about to listen to will include explicit language and content in which you, the members of the audience, may find offensive. Audience discretion is advised. Welcome to another episode of the Kim Lang Podcast Experience.
1: Yeah, boy. Where anything and everything is a subject matter on the show and no subject matter is ever taboo. Damn, that's what's
0: up with you. And now, your host with the most... Mr. Jim Black. Bro, am I getting paid for this? Yo, Hector, I really appreciate you off the ones and twos. Way to go ahead and do the intro. I appreciate you, bro. Come see me afterwards. Um, the cash in hand will be ready. So don't worry about that. Ladies and gentlemen, What's good in the world? How you doing? It's your boy Kim Huang, the Asian sensation, rocking out another episode of the Kim Huang Podcast Experience, coming to you live from the Asian Sensation Studios in the Greater Washington D.C. Maryland area. You know, in the DMV. Um, if you really want to know the coordinates of where it's at, um, I'm going to have to say that it's G15 classified. So, you know, in the words of Top Gun, I could tell you, but it had to kill you. So, you know what I mean. If you don't have that, uh, you know, access can't find me on the map. Anyways, uh, I have actually been excited all day today from when I woke up this morning, took a shower, got to work and clocked out at work because I knew this was going to be a very special um, episode tonight. Um, somebody that uh, has been a friend of mine for quite a while. Uh, we know each other through the, the acting circles and as well as the martial arts circle. And um, we've been. Uh, I I think it, we probably known each other like more. Th- it's got to be like at least seven or eight years. I don't want to say ten because I don't feel like that's mathematically correct. But hey, it is what it is. And I'm glad that I got in contact with her. I'm glad that she is here and she is live here in the Asian Sensation Cyber Studios. You know, in the you know the you know uh Apple Technology Room. We're glad to have her. Actress and martial artist Claire Brown is in the building. Claire, what to do? Ow, what's up, Kim? I you know what? This is this has been like a long minute because it the the dynamic of our friendship is, is quite funny because like, you know, we cool. And we always, you know, hang out and kick it sometimes, but sometimes it, in life, it's just like, you know, we kind of, you know, lose touch a little bit, you know, out of the, you know, communication process. And then next thing you know, it's like two years later, we're, we're talking again. And it's like, we automatically pick up where we left off.
1: Those are my favorite types of friendships right there. Where <laughs> maybe, you know, life happens, you don't see each other for a while, but as soon as you get together, it literally is like no time has passed, no love lost. Like those are my favorite kind of friendships. So it's an honor to be here today. Yeah,
0: no, no doubt, no doubt. Like uh, you know, I of a lot of people that I wanted to get on the show as of late, I have to admit, you definitely you definitely were in there, you know, on the on the top of the list, you know, out of like the top 10, you were definitely, I would say, be like the top five. And I was like, man, you know, it would be great if I could get clear here because, you know, it, it almost feels at this certain moment in time right now, it almost feels like, you know, it's like, you know, catching up again for the first time and you're meeting in person, kicking back and drinking a beer. And, you know, in a sense, that's what we're doing right now. Obviously, we're not doing it in person. But, you know, thanks to technology and, you know, where we've gone through in life with the advances of where Apple took it and where, you know, technology took it, we have this. So it's, it's awesome. It is awesome. It is a reunion. It's a, uh, it's a great reunion. I also want to do this before we actually begin, ladies and gentlemen, I want to put in a few disclaimers before this, uh, you know, interview officially gets underway and a quick shout out. So number one, if you hear a lot of like, uh, you know, uh, crying and a lot of you know uh, screaming and yelling please do not blame us that there is a child amongst us so she can get a little fussy but it's okay you know she gets an immediate pass so for anybody that's complaining about it um you know go kick rocks you know i don't care you know this is my show i do what i want so fuck you you know that's that's how it is <laughs> And number two, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, a good friend of mine in the martial arts circle, Master Francis Panita, who is the chief instructor over at the June Reed Taekwondo School in Arlington, Virginia. So quick shout out to that guy. Uh, Francis, I love you, sir. I always appreciate the fact that you uh, support a guy and you're supporting this podcast. And uh, I really appreciate it. Yes, shout out to
1: Master Pineda. I haven't (laughs) seen Master Pineda in years.
0: You know, I told him that I was going to interview you. He was like, no kidding. I was like, yeah. So, you know, obviously he knows who you are um, and, you know, your uh, lineage of, you know, where you first trained in. So,
1: yes, Junry family. I love it. Yeah. We're all over the world. We're taking over.
0: Junry family in effect. So, you know, one love, one love. One that of. being said, let's go ahead and get down to it. I mean, Claire, I mean, you know, you know, we know you, uh, you know, through many who do know you, we know you as, you know, um, a person that does martial arts, uh, through, um, you know, the June Taekwondo system. We know you as being an actress be- doing some things, but you know, let's take it back a notch, you know, now, you know, um, you know, you've been living in, Columbia, Maryland, which is not far from Baltimore for, you know, a very long time. But is that where you're like, you know, originally from?
1: So I definitely have grown up out here. Um, I would say in Howard County for sure. So I was born in in Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. And uh, I moved out here when I was three. Okay. So... You know, I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I'm, I'm a full, I'm a full Marylander at this point, but you know, you gotta, you gotta pay homage to your roots, you know? Yeah, I mean? for
0: sure. For sure.
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I've gone to school in, um, Howard County my whole life. I jumped around to, uh, a whole bunch of different schools. I was at the the old Elkridge, the new Elkridge. Then I went to Rockburn, then Ilchester. That was all before fifth grade. Then I went to, uh, I did. Uh, we moved to Columbia, and um, I went to school, middle school out here, um, Oakland Mills. Yay, yay! Long Reach High School. Okay, that's okay. Right, repping the lightning, and then um, I went to the, um, co- I went to Howard Community College, and I got an associate's degree in art, and that's when I really, really started to fall in love with photography. And gotcha. then I went to MICA, Maryland Institute College of Art.
0: MICA. Uh, yeah, I, Yeah. Yeah. You know, what? It, it it always struck me when you, when I knew that about you, that, you know, you went to Micah, I always knew that that's a school where uh, a lot of people were very, um, you know, art driven and they have a, a, a creativity or some kind of um, artistic medium and that sort of thing. But was that you like your whole entire life or were you just like a, were you like a real like like athletic kid that were into sports? I mean, what were you like, you know, growing up back in the day? Because everybody um, is quite different.
1: Yeah. So actually um, I was a bit of a tomboy. Um, okay. I love to climb trees, um, climb rocks, play in the dirt <laughs> with sticks. Like what did we even do back in the day? Like who even knows? But um, right. right. I was outside all day, as long as possible, and um, that is kind of who I was growing up. I was always um, an athlete. I had right. asthma, so I couldn't really do like too many things, but I also had horrible, horrible allergies. I was like literally allergic to everything. And so uh, when I was a little kid, since my allergies were so bad in the summertime, my mom got me into ice skating when I was five oh and, okay yeah so that's because it was like a cool and dry a cool and dry environment where i was like safe from allergies and so right, right. i basically grew up in the ice skating rink and i thought i was going to the olympics i was going to be the next surya bonaline like i <laughs> yes, had my yes. whole life like already planned out right you know i was like scott hamilton wait for me you know um <laughs> uh, but then uh what happened was that I actually, when I was 13, um, you know, it was just my mom and I grown up single parent, And then here I am, I'm doing like one of the most expensive sports in the world. Um, and at that time, it's so funny. Cause, um, at that time I remember I was 14, I was just getting into like competitions and stuff and learning like double jumps and triple jumps and, I was afraid of my body. It's so funny to even say that because I'm now, you know, I'm a martial artist and it's so different, but right, I was, right. a, I was, a, I was afraid to fall. And so I wasn't really progressing in, um, uh, in martial arts now, I mean, in, um, ice skating. Right. And so, um, you know, I told my mom, Hey mom, we don't have to, you know, we don't have to do this anymore. Like, this is a very expensive sport, you know, you, you don't have to support this. And my mom's older daughter, uh, my older sister, Adrienne, she did Shota when she was um, a kid. And so when I quit ice skating, my mom was like, well, you have to do something. And I'm deciding that you're going to do martial arts. And uh, so that's how my martial arts journey began. It was kind of like not by choice, but... know i always have been an athlete i was in track in high school and i used to always roll my ankles somehow before uh (laughs) before my um taekwondo tournaments And so my mom actually made me quit track because she was like these tournaments are too expensive (laughs) you cannot you cannot be in track anymore because you know this is your thing martial arts and so yeah i've always been just like a very active person and um my mom literally photographed every moment of my life so I like to kind of attribute my a little bit of my love for photography to um her for that and um as far as art goes I've just always been like a very creative outgoing person and love people and so I think that's why I kind of you know thrive on the kind of photography that I do
0: what now was it uh photography was that like the one main like you know artistic medium that you dabbled in or was there other disciplines of art that you're like interested in like you know like painting or you know like you know uh or sculpting or anything of that sort
1: yeah so actually you know when you i mean kind of like any field you know when you first enter that field you, you want to be well-rounded. So you got to learn a little bit of everything. So I had the opportunity to draw. I had the opportunity to paint. I had the opportunity to sculpt and I actually love all of it. Um, I can draw, I can draw, it takes me a long time, but I can draw very well. Mm -hmm. Um, my preferred medium for drawing would be charcoal.
0: Oh, there you go. Yep. Charcoal. Um, Yep.
1: I love a good, um, absolutely love a good charcoal drawing. Um, For painting, painting is amazing. I also take forever to paint, but I've dabbled in a few uh, still lifes or so. Um, I'm not a champion at painting people. All of my people somehow come out looking like African sculptures of some kind, totem poles. Like, I'm not sure what's going on there. So I try to stay away from that. But since I love people so much and... um, and it takes me a long time to draw and paint, you know, I, I love working with my hands. And so photography was just kind of like right up my alley. Yeah. And photography is uh, photography is dope because photography is literally the art of light. So, you know, you can't, you don't have any of the other arts without understanding the art of light. Right. Um, anyway, you know, you have to understand light to know that when you're doing an oil painting, shadows are blue right. or that when you're doing a charcoal painting, you know how to get those different gradients to make figures actually look, you know, real and and, and tangible in 3D. So, um, so photography actually, you know, I think I was just kind of drawn to it because I got to, you know, work with the actual equipment and I absolutely love darkroom photography with the chemicals and you gotta agitate and you gotta sit in there and it takes a long time like i love
0: yeah the and the process. bath stop and everything like that yeah I, which i was yeah. gonna which i was about to ask you like you know um <clears throat> a lot of photographers that i know um just go do um you know digital, digital. photography so my question before you actually just answered it but I guess you can answer it again. <laughs> Obviously, you've done the old school, like in terms of like actually getting the film, loading it in the back and then yeah. just kind of spinning it, taking the picture, clicking it onto the next frame. Yeah. Okay.
1: OK. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I first that's how I first kind of fell in love with it. And actually, a funny story from high school is that. Um, so actually, I should mention that I used to in my former life also be a drummer. And when I realized that I wasn't going to the Olympics for ice skating, I then at that point decided that I was going to college to be a drummer in the marching 100. Okay. (laughs) Um, And so my whole um, high school career was centered around music. And I actually got into my particular high school uh, music program early i got in in the eighth grade um i auditioned for this program and um and i got in so that was like my whole track now some things happened in high school i couldn't i didn't have the opportunity to explore a lot of subjects um inside of the music track let's just say so when i was a senior i kind of i kind of shifted my um, I shifted my focus and because I wasn't going to be going to college for music anymore, that's when I decided to, um, try out photography class. I see. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, my teacher in high school, <laughs> um, my photography teacher, he actually made his own dark room,
0: mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
1: for, for our school and, uh, at one point when I was a senior, I had surgery on uh, both of my feet. Anyway, my teacher, Mr. Day, the best, the best guy, he uh, made a wheelchair ramp for his dark room. And he was like, Claire, this is the perfect opportunity for me to try it out. I never got to try it out. I never had a, you know, a student that was like doing photography in a dark room in a wheelchair. And so he really wanted me to try out his wheelchair ramp to this dark room that he made. Right. And so we, he got me into the, uh, I don't even know what it's called, but the door, when you enter into the dark room, you know, it has to be like fully black. So there's like a door that revolves inside of another door.
0: Right. 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 Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, I know what you're talking about. He got my wheelchair stuck in the doorway. No doorway into the, uh, into the dark room. So anyway, I have been doing photography since since high school and that was the first kind that I got to do, like actual dark room photography and um I fell in love. I just absolutely fell in love.
0: Do you still do you still dabble in photography every every once in a while?
1: So I do dabble in photography. Um you know, digital photography is not quite the same and right. you know, I went I went to a fine art school and so you know, I guess a lot of what I studied in school was like, uh, goal oriented towards, um, you know, shows and, uh, premieres and like, you know, being a, uh, being a gallery artist, if you will. And so when you come out into the, you know, into the workforce, you know, you got to do a different kind of photography to make money. And I just kind of, fell out of love a little bit okay having to make my money off of photography and um so that that did change my relationship with photography a little bit but i still do portraiture um of all kinds i still do events i've done weddings i've done um you know any kind of event i've done it and any kind of portraiture um i've done it and i still i still have all of my equipment and i still really really love to do photography um Now, as I was mentioning to you the other day, uh, most of my, the subject of most of my photographs is without a doubt, Chloe.
0: Right. Your baby daughter (laughs) that, you know, for the, for the record, congratulations on, you know, having her and bringing her out to the world.
1: Thank you. Thank you. My greatest, my greatest uh, creation, I should say. Yeah, I would hope so. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, if you like babies, then you will love my photography, but it might get a little bit redundant <laughs> at this right, point. Right, right. Lately.
0: <laughs> now, what about um, like scenic photography, like going out somewhere and just like taking, um, you know, photos of just like, you know, like, let's say like, you know, a, a forest or like like a, a different like part of town or just like you Landscape know, outdoors. Photography. Yeah.
1: I love that too. Okay. So I love landscape photography and then also kind of like industrial photography, um, as well, where I get to, you know, where I get to photograph like buildings, like really, really cool, like architecture, um, you know, metals and like degrading, you know, degrading elements. I like to photograph, you know, that kind of stuff. Like uh, what I would consider like the real the real something, right. You know, a lot of, um, a lot of photography and especially since I'll say, especially since, um, a lot of the major, um, I say like photography companies like Nikon and and Canon, Mm -hmm. they went, uh, they, they started marketing their cameras and stuff for anyone. So like now, you know, you don't have to be a photographer to, take a great picture. Here we have these new cameras where anyone can take a really, really great professional picture. Right. Um, and then Instagram and you know all these different avenues where everyone is their own photographer. You know, things just things can become really idealized when you're working with the visual a visual media of any kind, any kind of visual art medium. right? And, um, and so I really specifically like to focus and find really unique opportunities to kind of like show what actually exists inside of a particular space or inside of a particular person. Um, you know, those are the kinds of things that I, I really, really love to photograph. So, okay. Um,
0: yeah. So two rapid fire questions. Number one, um, black or white or color uh, photography?
1: Uh, Black and white, for sure.
0: And uh, where is the coolest place that you ever took uh, photos at? And it could be anywhere.
1: Yikes. Okay. The coolest place. I might have to go with Australia.
0: Yes. Yes. I somehow yes, so I knew I, you were going to pull that. I knew you were going to pull that.
1: I've done some really cool stuff. I also um, I also photograph. I got the opportunity to photograph a bat mitzvah in the Virgin Islands. All that kind of stuff is really, really gorgeous. But Australia was, you know, something so special. It's not a place that people can travel to, you know, every year or something. I mean, unless you're rich. I mean, I ain't got the bread like that, but I, have I understand family that. Out there. <laughs> I have family out there. And so I was blessed enough to go, but. Um I was just telling somebody the other day about some really cool um some really cool long exposure photography that I did um on the beach on one of the beaches um in Australia and I just photographed like the night sky but when okay. you do the long exposure it it looks like daytime except you have like stars in the sky so it's
0: yeah, yeah, really yeah. really
1: cool like that kind of stuff and like experimental stuff like that I loved it I loved it and when I was in college my favorite thing was like large format Mm -hmm. photography. And so you have this like huge heavy ass ancient camera with like all these different parts and you have to like get it just right. And it takes like 10 hours to take just one photograph, but the coolest part I'm telling you, the coolest part is like getting to getting to be the manipulator of that light. So like I'm a tiny person. So now I've got these huge, prints that i'm like in the dark room i'm like standing on stools like making my own tools to like manipulate the light to kind of produce what i want right, and, uh, right. you know that those kinds of challenges like i really i really like those kind of challenges
0: mm. now if you had like and this is a one last question in the photography realm if you had okay, if money was not an issue and you had a and you had an option to go anywhere you wanted to go to take like awesome photographies, you know, and pictures and, and all that for two weeks, you know, everything, everything is, is, uh, is paid for all your, you know, your, the airfare, your accommodations, where would you go?
1: Mm. I would probably want to go to Europe. I mean, Europe is a huge, that's a huge, that's not very specific, but, but that's a huge
0: continent. that's a huge it's continent. A huge
1: continent. I know I don't have any place really more specific because I want to go. I literally want to go ev- everywhere and I've not been to anywhere in Europe yet. So literally name a place in Europe and that's what I want to photograph.
0: Okay. All right. Bet. Bet. So now we're going to go from, you know, uh, the creative arts into the martial arts. Um, you Mm -hmm. said that your mom was the one that really got you in there, but before that, do you remember like, you know, what was your first experience in ever seeing, you know, martial arts in general?
1: Probably like karate kid or something.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Right. Probably
0: now we talking about the eighties karate kid or are we talking about that Jaden Smith karate kid? No, no, that would be the
1: eighties karate
0: kid. There you go. My girl, my girl. (laughs)
1: Yes. I love myself some some Jaden Smith. I love I love all the karate kids, but um you know that probably would have been like my first idea of like what what it is. Right. Um and then yeah, from there I really didn't have a choice. My mom was like, "Well, you're doing taekwondo now." And I was like, "Okay." Yes. So she, she wanted me to learn.
0: Oh, well, I knew yeah, I knew that, but like I was going to say like was like taekwondo like your only art that you ever took or did you take something previously before that as kind of like a like a like a you know like a small intro to what it's all about
1: okay so actually you are like completely jogging my memory right now so when i was a littler kid a little i don't even i don't even know what age i was but i was younger and she put me in this taekwondo club it wasn't taekwondo it was like karate right like american martial arts some type of super vague place uh (laughs) where um where i think i made it to like yellow belt but you know it was just kind of like vague and maybe a little bit unknown i don't know what i'm trying to say but, but it didn't feel right and so i left that school okay and um and I didn't do Taekwondo again or martial arts again until I started Taekwondo when I was like fourteen. But I did try it as a little kid. I guess my mom just like put me in it because I was an active, I was a very active kid at ADD and all that jazz. Right. So, um, but yeah, that place was super sketchy, and I left. Like, I think I got the yellow belt, and then I was gone.
0: Now, how did how did your mom find um the re school? Like, you know, was how how did she find that? How did she nail it? Like, that was probably the number one choice.
1: So she actually knew exactly what she wanted me to learn from uh, martial arts. Okay. She knew she wanted me to um, learn self-discipline, character development, have a physical outlet, you know, those types of things, right? Integrity. Right. Um, and so she actually searched around and like interviewed different schools. And when she found um, Master Anwar's school, um, she fell in love and she decided that that was the school where I was going to train. And, um, I started with, um, at the time, my best friend. We were 13 or 14. Okay. Um, and we started together and we were, uh,
0: assholes. Wow. Right. <laughs> we <were rats. laughs> Okay, you're, no, y'all you are well. Who who wasn't a brat at the time, you know? So okay, but
1: that's what I'm saying. You know, when you're 13 and 14, like you already think you know everything. You know, people are trying to tell you what to do, and you're like,
0: uh, no, "All no, right, no, Mustang,
1: I don't do that." Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I heard that I was like quite a terror in class because you know I was like rolling my eyes, like not taking it seriously, and mm-hmm. um, you know, just goofing around in a in a in a type of environment where that's literally the last thing that you can do. Like you, you have to be uniform. And I was like, I was like, not for it.
0: Mm. And uh, what, what, what turned it around for you? Like, you know, with (laughs) with the transformation of like, you know, the Mustang diva, you know, saying no (laughs) to, 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 to the, to the young adult that you are now, like what, what turned it around for you?
1: So, I told you that I started with my best friend, right? Um, and actually, what had happened was that her aunt let her quit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, and so and my mom didn't let me quit. So you know, if you if you're not familiar with the martial arts world, then I'll just kind of tell you how it goes, right? So everyone can start. Everyone can start martial arts, but if you have a goal of being a black belt. That's a very particular kind of commitment that that's you right. have to decide from the beginning. It's not like something that you can just say like, Oh, i want to be a black belt, like one month. And then the next month, like you're not, you're not for it. So the whole black belt commitment is like, you know, that's, that's a, that's a very large commitment. Yeah, And you know, just like anything with like shiny bells and whistles on it when you're a kid, like you want it. Right. Of course, of course, yeah. yeah. I want that, right? (laughs) Which one do you want a white belt or a black belt? And I was like, Oh, I want that, I want that really gorgeous, beautiful, pristine black belt. And so, anyway, I decided that I wanted to be in this like black belt program, which is a commitment, a a three year commitment, right? Right, and um my best friend got to quit and my mom I was like okay mom I'm ready to quit and she was like um no you're no you're not she was like that's adorable um you just made a commitment to be a black belt so seems like you better get to class
0: (laughs) oh good (laughs) grief okay yeah
1: yeah 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 she was not serious when she 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 wanted me to learn those values and she was not kidding at all very serious not kidding and um so At the point at which I realized that I wasn't getting out of this, um, I also then realized that I was one of I could I could be one of the best in the class. And so from that point forward, I just decided that if I had to be there, I might as well be the best. Right. And um, so that is kind of how it started. And then by 16, I was teaching.
0: Right on. Now, that was like the school that um, wasn't uh, Master uh, Ken Carlson, a part of that school.
1: Yeah, so actually, um, it was Ken Carlson's um, school first. And then, um, you know, he's from Virginia. And so um, he um, he gave the school to Master Anwar to run. And then when the Anwars moved out of state, he resumed that school again. Um, and so, yes, I had the honor and privilege of training directly under Master Ken Carlson, which is one of my favorite Parts of all martial arts.
0: And last time, last time I heard about him, he, uh, you know, he moved down over to Tennessee now. So he's a Tennessee guy.
1: What? He's in Tennessee.
0: He's in Tennessee. You know, he's uh you know, he's a pastor at a church in Tennessee. You know, and, uh, wow. and doing his thing.
1: Well, his girls have got to be all grown up. They were so gorgeous and brilliant and very talented at, at martial arts. I remember spending so much time with his family and. It was just, you know, for a for a young girl who didn't have, a, you know, a father figure, right? Um, raised by a single mom, teenage at a at a at a very particular time in life where you're so you know unsecure, nothing is, you know, familiar, and you know having the opportunity to grow up inside of such a safe place was really, really priceless. And all of those people that are part of my journey, I consider them family.
0: Yeah, you know. Sure.
1: And so it was like the biggest blessing in the world to have like a really safe place to go discover things about myself and be surrounded by family. Like what? It doesn't get much better than that.
0: What was the challenge? Like, what do you think like the challenges were for you as a person coming amongst you know you know coming up the ranks you know getting to you know the quest of the black belt because there's a lot of you know everybody has a journey in the martial arts and everybody's journey is different so what was what were your challenges you know heading up that mountain
1: um what a great question let's see what were my challenges you know i think i think Probably some of my challenges were just figuring out the balance of, um, being a part of a whole, right. But yet also being an individual as well. Okay. And, um, and so I think inside of that kind of an environment, you know, you have the opportunity to learn so many different things. And, um, I think a lot of, a lot of what I was learning was like who I wanted to be as a person. And, you know what kind of what kind of character did i did i actually want to have and you know what is integrity and why why do you need it you know and those types of things and um i think for me those were probably some of the hardest challenges for me just because i started as a teenager and i thought i already knew everything and i thought i was the you know, the business, as they say. Right. And so really learning how to just like evaluate myself, I think was probably one of the hardest things, but that turned out to be one of my greatest, one of my greatest opportunities out of doing this. And I I learned so much about myself and that exploration is 100% the reason that I am who I am today.
0: Do you think that being a female in the martial arts world also kind of gave you a different set of challenges? Like, man, you know, I got to show everybody that, you know, you know, women can do it just as well as the men and that the the, the sisterhood of of the of the female gender is is strong within that community.
1: Um, yes, 100 percent, because martial arts, you know, at the time, maybe even still today was definitely a male a male um you know a male driven industry. Yeah, male
0: dominated. Um, yeah.
1: Male dominated industry. Mm-hmm. And as a young lady growing up and being in high school, you know, I did have I did I was bullied. And in middle school it was like very bad. Right. And so in high school, you know, I did I did really draw upon the confidence that I gained in martial arts to be able to manage those kinds of social environments. But to be honest, Kim, I think one of the absolute coolest parts of my particular Taekwondo experience is that I had some of the coolest, best, most talented women instructors and master master instructors that I've that I've ever known on, on the planet, literally. And they were my they were my teachers. And I got personally mentored, Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Master Wong, formerly uh, uh, Mrs. Mulcahy. Um, she she taught me how to teach, and she is one of the best martial artists in all of jun you know? So I had Mrs. Master Wong, I had Mrs. Anwar, I had Master Dudrow, I had, I mean, so, ma- the list goes on. Like, uh, you know, Jackie Curiel, Master Curiel, like I had so many different people, women that were, um, actually at the time when I was doing martial arts, they were leading, they were leading that industry right. and they were the they were the face of this whole entire system and so you know while yes that is something that is just a fact of maybe the martial arts industry you know i had the opportunity to see a different reality and that completely shaped my whole vision you know never once did i think Oh, this doesn't apply to me, or this is too hard, or this is not made for me. You know, because of that leadership, I never, I never once thought that it, I couldn't be, I couldn't be it. So, um, you know, so my particular journey, I was, I was, I was super blessed. And then I became to, you know, I had the opportunity to become that inspiration for my students as well.
0: And you did, you know, you've actually, uh, got pretty, uh, your Taekwondo journey led you pretty well, you know, being, um, you know, getting the second degree black belt. I mean, you know, they always say that, you know, oh, anyone, you know, can, you know, earn a first degree black belt. Okay. Whatever. But, you know, how many of them actually make the transition from first to second? I mean, you know, that's a definite, you know, bigger leap of faith, if anything. And that really, I hate to say it like this, but, you know, from a man's point of view, it's like kind of separating the men from the boys and Mm -hmm. and, and, uh, from a female perspective that separates the women from the girls.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's that next level of commitment. Like, I mean, it's the same as the beginning part of the journey. You can get your white belt. Anyone can earn a white belt. You step out on the floor, you apply yourself. You've earned, you've already earned your white belt. Anyone can start, but it's, you know, that decision to, put forth the commitment that it takes to really achieve your ultimate goal. And so, um, so yeah, my goal was always to become a fourth degree and that's because in my system, um, you were a master at fourth degree and I just wanted all my students to have to call me master Brown. And so
0: (laughs) (laughs) I feel you, I feel you (laughs) instead of saying ma'am, you know,
1: yeah. Like no, master Brown. I wanted, Brown. To, be, all I wanted right. to be a master for sure. I was like, oh, that's, that's where I'm going all the way. And, um, you know, luckily this is the kind of thing where you can literally achieve that goal whenever you want to. And like, right. all you got to do is work hard and, you know, you can do that. And I've had the opportunity to work at so many amazing schools and work with so many Different people from Master Anwar to Master Carlson to Francis Pineda to, you know, Master Dudrow, the Wongs, um, uh, Steve Frost with integrity martial arts, you know, just all of these really, really amazing opportunities. And um something really, really cool about martial arts, real quick. I feel like I'm a tangent kind of person. You ask a question, then I'm gonna talk for like No, go years. for
0: it, go for it. That's what that's what we're here for.
1: So what? So like the one of the other coolest parts about martial arts is that it's a language, right? So for in um in Junri Taekwondo, Grandmaster Junri created his whole own unique curriculum right. for first degree black belt. And then once you get to um, first degree black belt, you study the traditional ITF forms. Um, in the ITF system of uh, Taekwondo. And of course, as you know, there's WTF, World Taekwondo Federation, and International Taekwondo Federation. And World Taekwondo Federation is um, like the kind of Taekwondo that you see in the Olympics and stuff like that. Um, But so for my second degree, in order to earn my second degree, I had to learn the traditional um, ITF forms. And so when I went to Australia, one of my little cousins was learning ITF Taekwondo and so here we are first time meeting. We are doing forms together Nice, because it's a language. Like it's so cool. It's like, it's really, 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 um, you know, it's a special art in all in itself and you right. just get to use your, your body to, um, to do it. So right. it's a really great. Yeah. It was so cool.
0: Now, as we all know in the martial arts world, um, a few years back, uh, unfortunately, Grandmaster Jun Ri um, had passed away, you know, and he definitely left uh, a quite a legacy and uh, quite a, you know, a following in the martial arts. Everybody definitely respected the man. And from what I saw it on the news, there were like a lot of people that um, attended that funeral. Now, I don't know if you actually uh, were able to um, attend the funeral or not. Uh, I'm not sure. But um, what it, you know, when you first heard that, or if you had heard that, um, you know, how did the news hit you? Like what what were you thinking at that moment? Like, oh man, you know, he passed. Like what were your feelings?
1: So, I did not get to go to um to his funeral, the service. Um, but, you know, Grandma Reed had been sick for for a little while. He'd been um you know having some battles um with his health and physically it was affecting his, you know, ability to do his martial arts and all these things that he'd been doing for um, you know so long, and um, so really, what I cherished the most um, when he passed away was the fact that I used to um, be able to train with Grandmaster Jiri. I trained at Grandmaster Jiri's house with the masters of our whole entire art. So I was going to, um, my original goal for martial arts was to own my own school. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so Mm -hmm. I had gone through, um, a couple of different training programs. Um, but because I, um, was the nanny for my master, uh, my master instructor's family, they had 10 kids in the end and I was their. I was their nanny. I helped them bring the last two kids into the world at home births. I photographed the one. Anyway, 10 kids? I I had the opportunity. I know, right? Crazy. That's um, the best form of birth control, by the way. If anyone is curious, um, (laughs) go go watch, go try to watch 10 kids of all different ages at the same time, and you'll never want to have kids. Um, (laughs) But. So because I was family, I was, you know, martial arts is already a family, but I was like family of family. Um, I had a very, very unique opportunity to sit in on master's meetings and be invited to trainings that Grandmaster Jim Rhee held um, at his house. And so when he passed away, I was just filled with gratitude for all of the very special and unique opportunities that I got to share with this, you know, amazing human being who will be an icon for the industry. I mean, forever to this day, people right. still recite his, you know, commercial on TV. Yep. Yep. That's of
0: right. Nobody, Nobody bought a me, Eda. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, with his son and his daughter. So, you know, it's, um, it's definitely something that, makes you reflect on uh you know what's important in life and um how we become who we are and i i always have been grateful for for that opportunity especially because i tried to quit so hard when i was 13 like <laughs> what would happen to me so
0: <laughs> now to, to to end this segment um you know the question you know at hand is that um so what do you, you know, knowing that you're still a second degree, like what are your plans? Do you plan on still training and try to get to that next level? Or are you at a point where like, do you feel like you're kind of good for where you are right now and you'll just take it day by day?
1: You know, martial arts is something that is like in your bones. It's just like, it's, it's a muscle memory. It's, it's, you know, it lives within every cell of your body forever so agreed Agreed. you know so i think you know we'll always be martial artists will our goals change yeah for sure i'm sure that my goals have changed since i started and they'll continue to change um as i get older but i think the journey just looks a little bit different i absolutely love teaching um and i put teaching in front of my own goals for a long time and um I would love to get back into teaching and you know, one of the coolest parts about um, martial arts is that for me personally, is that when I'm practicing discipline in one area of my life, it's um, easy for that discipline to bleed into other areas. So if there's something that I feel like I'm lacking or something that I feel like I want to accomplish, Mm -hmm. all I have to do is literally practice discipline, which means do some martial arts. And once I practice that discipline, I then can apply that discipline to like any other area of my life. So I use martial arts as a tool and um, I will always use it as that tool. I'll always be doing it. Um, You know, it's really, really hard to like teach your own children, but I want Chloe to do martial arts as well. And, you know, have those same opportunities to be a part of a really, really safe space and learn so much cool stuff about herself. Right. You know? So I hope to be doing it like literally forever with my daughter. I mean, do I need to be master Brown still? Yes. But, (laughs) 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 you know, but maybe, maybe that timeline just looks different. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not like a three year plan, like to get to, to get to fourth degree. Maybe it's, a different plane. So, you know, once, once
0: again, awesome. I, I, once again, I want to give a shout out to uh, Master Francis Panita of Arlington, Virginia. <laughs> if uh, if you're listening to this, could you please hook a sister up, you know, with their own personal test and maybe you know get her going because you know we we need you know, strong we need strong sisters like her in the martial arts to keep it going now, and to keep legacy alive. My
1: my Virginia family has has done nothing but, um, provide me with these wonderful opportunities. Um, I have been invited to personally train in Virginia. Um, and you know, because martial arts is like a family like that, you know, we're all, we all keep track of each other and we all are there to motivate each other. And I have no doubt in my mind that if I went into a junior family school or any family school, you know, I have no doubt that everyone there would only want me to accomplish my goals. And, for sure, um, for sure, you know what I mean? Provide a, provide a platform for that. So, um, the Virginia schools haven't gotten rid of me yet. Let's put it like that.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, jumping now from the, the martial arts, we're, we're going to be talking about the acting arts, the art of acting and you being an actor. And, you know, we'll, we'll try We'll try to, uh, you know, uh, you know, give the abbreviated version. Um, I actually met you through acting, you know, and we were actually, we were working together on that lead doll uh, project, the fixer. And, um, you know, since that time, and I, you know, IMDB is a, a, a great uh, little instrument of reference. Uh, you were in, obviously, like I, uh, um, you know, mentioned that you were also in uh, rise and fall in love. And then you had your, you um, your, your big feature where you're like one of the stars of ready for action.
1: Yes.
0: Yes. 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 Good old miss Taffy Brown. <laughs> now, what, oh what, what, now? Number one, you know, let's just start like from, from the fixer. Um, was that your first time ever acting in general?
1: Um, yes, probably. Okay. Um, one of my uh one of my closest martial arts families uh, the guy family al, uh, al guy um, shout
0: out to Mr. Alfred Guy we love you man
1: shout out to Al Guy um you know we're training in the program together and um uh actually i think it might have even started with like this this one this one gentleman named Mr. Timberlake was a a father of a student that we had um at our school and I, I think maybe even that's how we kind of got involved in the acting but basically uh i guess Lidol was looking for a place a location and some martial artists for um his his film that he was making right and uh mr guy just asked you know hey do you want to be a part of this project and i was like i don't know what i'm doing and he was like no that's fine you only need to know how to do martial arts like that's what he needs and um and that is how it started and i just was able to come on set and uh provide some martial arts uh expertise right and it was a tiny you know tiny snippet of time in the first movie and and then i just kind of you know it's a bug when you start acting and you're doing that kind of thing so actually you know what come to think of it i think i actually did some acting You know, I'm not sure if it was like before or simultaneously, but in the art field, you know, obviously I have lots of different, um, artist friends. And one Mm -hmm. of my greatest friends, um, Letitia is a playwright, Letitia Jones. Okay. Yeah. 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 um, She used to run, um, this super cool program. Um, well, it was handed down to her, um, but it was a program called try it out theater. And it was a program where you could, if you wanted to be a writer, you could just, audition and try out to be a writer if you wanted to be a director you could audition and try out to be a writer if you wanted to be an actor you could just audition and try out and it was just this really cool unique platform where um you could just um start you know start doing something and so i did some acting there as well and so you know my theater my theater acting um, definitely you know played a, a role hand in hand with my on-screen acting opportunities as well
0: right 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 right
1: I'm fully amateur fully amateur um, actress over here but um you know acting is another really cool opportunity to learn so much about yourself in order to even convey a character anyway so it's you know, it's a really, really cool. That was a fun, that was a fun creative process as well.
0: You know, I have to, I have to interject and, 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 and man, I I hate to bring this up, but you know, now at my older age, I can talk about it. Um, in the fixer, there was a scene where, uh, Claire actually was like in one part, she was like working on one of my fronts, you know, at the restaurant. And she put the fork in the wrong area and they're like, (laughs) we need you to grab Claire, you know, you know, like, like you own her and we need you to slap the hell out of her. And I felt really uncomfortable about that. Cause I was like, <laughs> are you sure? And I, I remember talking to you, like I, po- I pulled you aside, like, you, you know, what's about to happen. So I just need to know that this is okay. And you're just like, look, just put your big boy uh, pants on and just go for it, man. You know, it's all good. You know, don't worry about it. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, I remember because I was like a nervous wreck. I was like, "Jeez, you were man. so uncomfortable." You were. I so was. I was, dude. Like, oh my god, I,
1: I. You couldn't even. You couldn't even imagine pretending to do it.
0: No, because at the time it was like you know I guess it was like you know I understand that it was a thing where like I had to portray a character, but the 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 the, the reality guy of me came out you know being just like a regular nice guy, and I'm just like, damn, I'm I got to be that jerk. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you did, you did a great job. You pulled through, you're a pro, you're, you're, you're a pro at acting and really connecting to, to that space that you need to be in to convey what you need to convey. And you, you, um you hit me very well, Kim. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. But, you know, from then until like, you know, now let's just transition to ready for action. You were actually one of the leads, you know. You played Taffy Brown. So what was it like, you know, jumping from you know just, you know, a small role, you know, an extra role in the fixer to now being like, you know, oh, I'm in, the, I'm one of the head actresses. I'm, my face is on the marquee of the poster.
1: I mean that was um super cool. Like, what an honor and a privilege to be invited um, to participate. But from the very beginning of this journey, I was just like eating it up. I was like, well, I can be in a, uh, I can be an extra in a scene. I can be a martial arts um, advisor. Right. I can be a photographer. I did some photography for um, a couple of the. You know, I was just kind of trying to like, I was like trying to get my hands on any part of the, the, you know, projects that I could, because it was right. just, right. It, it was so cool to be able to, you know, do martial arts and hang out with your friends and film movies. Like, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is the coolest thing on earth. And so when I was invited to be in the next project, I mean, I had my fingers crossed, like, please, please let me be in the next one. Please let me be in the next one. And, um, You know, when it turned out that there was like a leading role for me, I was over the moon ecstatic. And then I was like, oh, no, I have to really I better better study up. (laughs) But
0: did you feel like you were did you feel like you were nervous making that, you know, actors transition from, you know, something small time to the big time?
1: I mean yeah for sure because anytime you're doing something new like that where it's um on a platform to be like scrutinized by you know everyone's going to see it it's not just like a private project they're like just doing because it makes you feel good you know I mean I think that is nerve-wracking Right um but I had such great I had such great um you know friends that I was working with and coaches I definitely I asked you a million questions
0: Yeah she sure you, did like,
1: get Get this kid out of here. Like I'm trying to focus and get into the character.
0: <laughs> never that. Never that. Come on now. You you know I always would have your back. But, but um, um
1: Yeah, so I think it's I think it, it is. You know, I think even even seasoned people, they have to they have to get like a little bit nervous, right?
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. I think that was the one, um, unfortunately, one of those uh film projects. I never really got to see it and I didn't even know whether if it came out on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever, but I've been trying to find that for the longest time. And I'm just like, man, you know, it's like, I mean, it's listed, but it's just nowhere to be found.
1: All right. So we'll have to have a screening party because I have all the DVDs. Okay. um, All the, I wasn't even in all the DVDs that I have, but I have, um, I've got all the projects and then also we are also on Amazon. I believe.
0: Right. But was, but is ready for action, like actually digitized for that type of viewing?
1: Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the status of ready for action because last, um, the last thing that I knew was going to happen with, it was like a, a screening that I couldn't attend.
0: Okay. Um,
1: and so I'm not sure if that, I'm not sure if that made it to like the larger platform, but I've got, I've got the DVD. We can watch it whenever Pop some popcorn. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Guy, Mr. Guy, where are you? Let's <laughs> movie nights.
0: You know, Let's it's the one thing I've night. always looked, the one thing I will say that I always look forward to when I was working with Lee doll and his projects is that, you know, when the project was done and everything was finished, you know, you automatically got a copy of your work, you know, and I will say that, uh, working with Lee doll, Um, he's not like those regular type of directors, you know, he's got, he's got his own type of method to his creativity, but I think that's what makes him who he is. And that's what makes him such a great person to work with. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. He he was literally, I mean, if I, if I was nervous at all, I mean, he would walk me through it. He would make sure I had all the tools I needed. Right. He really made sure that I was comfortable. And, you know, I mean, he made sure also that i that i knew that i was like family there too so you know right I mean, working with him was like like the best first <laughs> the best first screen acting experience ever
0: right right well and you Kate, know sh-
1: yeah, the
0: whole sh- shout outs to if i remember correctly um Luana Lee which is you know Lee doll's yes. uh, daughter was in there Jennifer Rouse um Kate Jackson i know she was in there but yeah, you know, and uh if I remember correctly, wasn't um Alexandra Hewitt in there too, I think. I think I, I think she was.
1: Yeah, maybe we had a lot of actually that was um that was like packed with like really, 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 really known, you know, known actors and actresses. And you know, I, I, I had the opportunity to learn from, from them. So I was learning from people that were, you know, masters of their craft and just happy to be doing, uh, what they were doing and participating on the project as well. So I like uh, plenty of great, um, you know, inspiration, if you will.
0: So I guess the, the million dollar question is, you know, now that, you know, Claire Brown is now just like, you know, a mom taking care of business, you know, raising her daughter and just living life. Um, The million dollar question is, you know, what's, what's next on the horizon, you know, in terms of like, you know, well, we already covered, you know, martial arts, but, you know, maybe with acting and life in general, like where, where does she go from here? I mean, obviously the map is there and you have the marker, you know, where do you, where do you navigate?
1: What a great, what a great question that I will never know the answer to, um, you know, the world is such a vast place. I just, you know, I don't have, I don't have anything in mind. I I'm always going to be looking for ways to express myself creatively. Mm-hmm. Um, so any kind of Avenue where I can do that, I'll be, you can find me there for sure. Right. Um, but you know, I think that right now I'm just really, focused on, I guess, helping my daughter to become an even better, you know, human being than I am. So wherever that journey takes us, you know, that's where, that's where I'll be. And, uh, you know, anywhere where there are just amazing people that only want to find and support the most amazing parts of other people. Mm Mm-hmm. You'll always find me there. I will always be right there.
0: Let me put it to you in this way, in this, in the, in the simplest terms that I can put it into uh, for you. Um, if there was another acting opportunity, and if somebody said, "Hey, Claire, you know, um, I know that you've, you know, you've been out of the game for for a while, but you know, we have this part that we think that might be a suitable fit for you, and we really had thought a lot about you." Would you consider taking that offer that was uh, given to you on the table?
1: Heck yeah. <laughs> Heck yeah, I would take it um, because that, you know, that falls into literally every category that um, I just talked about. I would absolutely love it. I've learned so much from all of my creative endeavors and made the best friends Right. You and I, we met doing a some type of really tiny acting part together just because yeah. we were martial artists. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, that's that's how that's how my family grows. So uh, for sure, no you know, doubt. Um, preview, preview some of my films. Um, I'll put together some uh, put together. What is it? A CV? What do I need?
0: <laughs> right. Or like a demo reel.
1: Yeah. I'll put together a demo reel and I'm in there.
0: <laughs> nice, nice. Well, Claire, um, I know that I probably took like a, a good moment of your time. Uh, you know, definitely appreciate uh, you taking the time to you know to actually uh, you know have a one-on-one with me. This has really been awesome. Um, if anybody wants to look you up anywhere, like you know, are you on any type of social media, or are you kind of incognito of social media? Where mm-hmm. where where do we stand with that?
1: <laughs> um, okay, so I'm, I'm on there, but I don't really prefer to uh, participate in those platforms.
0: Okay. Um.
1: Yeah, I really tried. I tried to like, really get into it when Chloe was born, because um, as I was talking to you the other day, she was born um, during the pandemic. And, right, right, right. you know, that was one of the only ways that I really had to like share her with everyone. But I will tell you that I'm absolutely horrible at all social medias, <laughs> even from even for my own, you know, financial gain. Like, I'm just uh, I'm not with it. It turns out um, like an old, uncool person. And oh, um, well,
0: never that. Come on.
1: <laughs> no. So you can you can definitely find me on there. You won't see a lot of activity. Um, but. I'm on Facebook. I do have an Instagram account. I cannot tell you what's on there, <laughs> but
0: might be the danger zone. Uh, what you're going to be entering, folks. <laughs> yeah, just like so, just like a monopoly. Do not enter. Do not pass go and right. do not collect two hundred.
1: Enter at your own risk. But enter at um, your own risk. Yes, I can. I can be found. I'm not completely off the grid.
0: Fair deal. Fair deal. Yeah. Well, Claire, like I said honor to have you really appreciate it. Thanks for, uh, you know, uh, popping in, uh, you know, anytime that if you want to do this again, whether if you want to be, you know, interviewed again, or if you want to be a special guest host, you know, you, you, you have an open invitation anytime, dear, like for real.
1: Oh man, that is so awesome. Kim, this has been so great. So much fun. You know, you and I could catch up for like days on like literally everything. No doubt. uh, I just really appreciate this, uh, you know, I feel like I've used the word opportunity 17,000 times, but um, I really appreciate you inviting me on your show, and I I can't wait to, um, you know, officially be like a member of this really, really cool podcast, really, really (laughs) cool podcast experience. I'm, yes. I'm
0: yes. Well, one last thing before we go: is there anything that you want to say to all your friends, family members, and fans that just you know love and support Claire Brown for who she is? Any, any, anything that you would like to say? Because you know, at this point, the floor is yours.
1: I want to say, um, you know, I want to say thank you first of all to um, everyone that uh, is a part of. Who I am today and where I've come to. And, um, you know, uh, I just appreciate, I appreciate having that, um, having that example to just be true to yourself, be a great person, have good integrity, um, you know, and love, love so deeply from like the bottom of your soul. Like that's all we need. That's all we really need is, is love. And, um, so thank you to everyone who has been a part of my journey and taught me to find those things inside of myself. And I would encourage everyone to go out there and find those things inside of yourself. You know, that's, that's all that really matters in life.
0: Dig it, dig it. And now for the attempt at the world record ending, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another great episode of the Kim Huang Podcast Experience. Um, your boys on Facebook at uh, the Kim Huang Podcast Experience, just go over to the search box and you'll find me. Yes, I have uh, Instagram and Twitter as you know places where you can go social media wise. My handle is at TKHPC experience, all in one word, lowercase, no matter what the deal is. Your boy is on podcast platforms around the globe. Yes, he is on Spotify. He is on anchor. He is on Google podcasts. He is on Apple podcasts through iTunes. Now hook a brother up with a favor. According to many legends and folklores on Apple podcast and on Spotify, you can actually give me a great rating up to five stars. If you can hook a brother up with five stars, that would be a great thing. And on, uh, Apple Podcast. If you can write an excellent review, that would be lovely. It pushes the podcast way up to the front of the class so you can actually see me and you can go, Oh, that's an interesting thing to watch. I might have to, you know, listen to it and see what it's all about. And last but not least, if you want to email your boy, whether if you want to be a special guest, a guest host, or if you have a suggestion, email me at the Kim Huang Podcast Experience at gmail.com under the subject box. Let me know what it's all about. I will read that email and get back to you within a day because I'm good like that. So that being said, ladies and gentlemen, for the one time, for the one time, I want to say thank you very much. God bless y'all. I really appreciate it. And do me a favor, make good decisions and safe decisions because it doesn't do a brother any good if you actually die on me. Get buried in a wooden box and get lowered six feet under. That's not what we want to do, ladies and gentlemen. We want you to do well. We want you to strive. We want you to succeed. We want you to live your life. Be healthy. Be happy. Do anything and everything that's positive. You know what I mean? That's what we're all about. So for uh, my lovely and beautiful guest and who actually could probably kick your ass, Claire Brown, uh, this is your boy, Kim Huang, the Asian sensation coming at you live once again. From the Asian Sensation Studios in the greater Washington, DC metropolitan area, saying thank you very much, Arigato, uh, you know, peace and love. And we will see you on the next one. Deuces, I'm out.